Hi, everybody. Welcome to another podcast episode by Savari. Today's episode is episode 21, and it's all about what we deserve because of what Jesus served. And I've been using numbers, numerology to help direct the content of the podcast. And this one is no different. It is different in the sense of where I'm going with the content. And once you find out what this number means in biblical terms, we'll find out how this really, really helps us to fulfill the will that God has for us. And again, the will that God has for us is his heart's truest desires, our heart's truest desires. It's our purpose in life. He's given us these amazing gifts to fulfill the will that he has for us, our heart's truest desires. Our emotions are always directing us towards this divine direction of our purpose. And this podcast all the time is always about doing what it is that God has put on our heart, just believing in him for the the beautiful things of this journey that we have with him, this purpose that we have with him. And this number, I've been using numbers to help direct the content of how to fulfill the will that God has for us, how to crush the mountains that are in our way of our purpose and how to continue to walk on this divine direction, how to walk on this divine road. So without further ado, what does 21 mean in the Bible? It means sin, which I know is not anyone's favorite word. And it really arouses a lot of defense mechanisms. It makes us feel insecure. It makes us feel like we're getting judged. And I want to put all that to rest with this episode. And specifically what this number 21 means is stubbornness and jealousy. And we all have our stubbornness and we all have our jealousy. And this does, this does hinder us from our divine purpose. And what I want to do is put to rest stubbornness and put to rest jealousy so that we can continue to have faith in what God has for us. So I believe the best way to do that is to tell this very amazing story in the Bible and to tell it from the perspective of grace. And I don't want to get too quick because there's people out there. So I'll just tell it, I'll tell it the way that it's meant to be told in this new covenant, in this way of grace. So in Ephesians 6, it tells us that our, our battles aren't with flesh and blood. Our battles are, with, are in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is, is your heart and, and, and your mind. And not, not all of it. Okay, there's more to it than that. But for us right now, that's what I'm going to stick to. And what we do now with the old covenant is we take the old covenant and the old testament stories and we apply them to us in the way that jesus did in 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 the new testament and the way that we can now with the new with the grace with the lens of grace i'm stumbling over my words but please forgive me anyway it'll it'll be it'll get better i promise so what what am i about to do here well hear me out there's a story about moses and pharaoh most of us have heard the story where moses had crossed the red sea in this promise of the promised land and God had did many things in in Moses's life and and people for Moses in order for them to do that what I want us to understand is in this new covenant in this lens of grace where we are now because our battles are in the mind and in the heart I want us to understand that there is this pharaoh there's this stubbornness and jealousy within us and then there is this Moses uh, which he represents faithful promises. So there's this, there's this conflict in us. Okay. This Pharaoh isn't 
this Egyptian Lord in the old covenant anymore to us. Okay. He's actually something that represents something within us. And the same with Moses. Okay. Moses is just this person, the face of the Mosaic law. He is this representation of what's within us. So what I'm saying is there's this battle between Moses and Pharaoh within us. And what we need to do is we need to direct our attention towards the side of Moses in order for us to cross this Red Sea. So what, so let me tell you, okay, what does Pharaoh embody? Pharaoh embodied um, jealousy and stubbornness. And what did Moses represent? Moses represented righteousness and faithful promises. And so Pharaoh ended up dying when Moses crossed the Red Sea. And that is important for us to understand because we can put to rest the stubbornness and this jealousy when we cross the Red Sea. And it's important for us to understand, okay, what is the Red Sea? What is the Red Sea for you? Well, I'll get in. Well, let, me, let me get into some things first before I get into that. Okay, so the reason Pharaoh died is because he was chasing after stuff that he couldn't have. He was, he was jealous of his neighbor and he always felt insecure and he hardened his heart. And so he chased after somebody that did have these things, that had this gift of righteousness, that, that was believing in these faithful promises, that believed in eternal life. And this is where the Red Sea parts for us. When we believe that God truly gave his only begotten and beloved son for us and gave us eternal life, the Red Sea parts for us. Because by divine logic, if we know that God is so good in order to give us the thing that he loved most in order to be closest to us, then that puts to rest stubbornness and jealousy. That parts the Red Sea for us. So when we part the Red Sea, when God parts the Red Sea by believing in how good he is, we walk into his faithful promises for us. And what that does is our jealousy and stubbornness die with it, okay? When we cross the Red Sea, and know that Jesus, that God has given us eternal life, our stubbornness and jealousy die with that belief. And here's why. Okay, it's this divine logic. If I know for a fact that my best friend is willing to give me his house, then I'm pretty confident that he'll give me a pencil if I need it. Right? If my best friend is willing to just give me his car, then I'm pretty confident that he'll give me a meal if I need it, okay? So if I know for a fact that God gave me his only begotten son in order to give me eternal life, then I know for a fact that I can walk in the purpose that he had. I know that for a personal example that he's gonna give me the ability to do what it is that I need to do in order like like for guitar, or in order to have a successful business, I know that he's going to supply me in those areas because I already know that he's supplied me in the most and biggest important area. And once we understand how important and big that area is, eternal life, we really start to trust him for very, you know, all these other things like healing. Okay. And so, and that, again, I'm going to get into communion again, but that, that is what communion is. Communion is walking in the fact that Jesus gave us eternal life. And that puts to rest this jealousy and stubbornness. And I don't want to get too far into it, but this is the truth. 
that for non-believers, okay, Pharaoh represents non-belief. And in this instance, stubbornness and jealousy, when we don't believe in the eternal covenant, when we don't, that was given to Noah, when we don't believe in this eternal life, we harden our hearts and become stubborn and jealous of our neighbor. And it's very evident today to see that the world is always competing with itself. The world is always trying to outdo its neighbor. It's evident everywhere. And for a believer, we don't try to outdo our neighbor. Jesus specifically says, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. He, okay, he knew what he was doing. He said things specifically for certain reasons. It's very impressive and it's very inspiring. What I want us to know is that there is this eternal conflict between Moses and Pharaoh. And there's many levels to this. I'm suggesting the Pharaoh in the Moses one right now, because again, Pharaoh represents stubbornness and jealousy. And Moses was his direct opposition in, in this story. And again, we all have a Red Sea. This Red Sea is eternal life. So once we trust God for eternal life, we can cross into these other faithful promises that he has for us. And these faithful promises are supply, their prosperity, their food and drink, and there are all these other things. There's, there's so many to them. Protection, provision, prosperity, you name it. Okay. It's all depends on your will though. It all depends on your gifts. It all depends. It's that, that stuff's unique to you. That's, that's where you, it's important to have a relationship with God. I will say this though, the more diligently you seek God, the more diligently he will correct you and show you the more stubborn you are, the more God has to meet you at your level. Okay. God had to meet me very harshly at my level at 19. That's why I feel it's so important for people to hear this stuff now, because I didn't really hear this stuff when I was younger. And I wish it, I wish I would have, because it would have been a lot more, a lot easier journey for me. I'm not saying easier in the sense that I wouldn't have had hard circumstances, but easier in the sense that it would have been a more diligent correction. And that's why we discipline our children, especially right away, because it'll be more diligent leading up to other things. So that's a mood point. Anyway, what I'm saying is this. Once we believe God for the supply of eternal life, the Red Sea parts for us to believe him for everything else. So it really is important to understand the, the resurrection. Now, before I get into that, I want to talk about how God did this to Moses in baby steps. Okay, God didn't just say, hey, Moses, go cross the Red Sea. That would have been way too much, way too soon, and it would have crushed Moses. Okay, God is so diligent with us and so amazing with us that he's going to lead us in baby steps. He's always going to give us these baby step opportunities that lead us up to the Red Sea. There was a lot that happened to Moses before the Red Sea, and it was all very beautiful. There's a lot of miracles. There's a lot of really cool things, a lot of awesome things, and that empowered Moses to know that this Red Sea was going to part when it happened. All right, so God is always meeting us at our level. He's always taking us from glory to glory. So one day when that Red Sea is there, okay, you'll have the belief to know that, yeah, I have eternal life and you'll really cross that Red Sea. And that jealousy and stubbornness will go away. That insecurity will go away. It'll, it'll drown with the belief of knowing that Jesus has given us eternal life. And now I, I really want to dive a little bit deeper. I always want to go on a deeper layer here because in Ephesians 6, it says that our body armor 
is the righteousness of God. And in Psalm 91, it says that his faithful promises are our body armor. And in Matthew 6, it says, seek the kingdom of God and the gift of his righteousness. And so once we know that it's, it was really Moses's righteousness that God bestowed on him as a gift to cross the Red Sea, to cross into this eternal life. And that's what we need to identify in. We need to identify in the fact that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I do not have to think twice about who I am in Christ because this guilty conscience is the ultimate driver to stubbornness and jealousy and to fear in demand. When we're fear, when we're fearful, we get demanding and we put it on ourselves or on other people to perform in our lives. And when the expectations aren't met, we become stubborn and jealous. And I want us to get out of that because I've been there and it sucks. It's stressful. It's anxiety inducing. All of our anxiety comes from the fact that we don't know where we're going once we die. So that's why I say it's so important to understand that when we know we're going to heaven, when we die, and some of us won't even see death as believers, that really puts to rest all of our deepest fears. And that allows us to cross over that Red Sea. So God obviously does it in baby steps. But again, what I want us to know is this. When we are tempted, okay, when we are tempted to go back across the Red Sea, okay, because it's very interesting, um, when we were tempted to go back across the Red Sea, as Moses's people were, they said they were tempted to go back, right? And what I want us to know is as believers, we are tempted to go back to that stubbornness and we're tempted to go back to that jealousy. And this is where it becomes really important for us to understand the gift of righteousness. We need to understand that in our lowest moments, even after we cross the Red Sea, even after we know that eternal life is the best gift that we can have, the best promise that God has given us, and all these little promises are going to come after it, we, we have this temptation to go back to our old lifestyle, to go back to our old belief system. And what I want us to do is, is to, with this next few things that I'm going to say, I really want us to cement to not go back there. Okay. And what it is, is knowing that it's a gift. Righteousness is a gift and that we can go boldly to the throne by God's grace and receive forgiveness for everything that we've done. And this all happens at the cross. And what I want to suggest is this, whenever you feel like going back to the land that was on the other side of the Red Sea, whenever you feel like being stubborn, whenever you feel like being jealous, whenever you're tempted to be envious of such things, Remind yourself that I already died at the cross with Jesus. And so I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to feel insecure. I don't have to feel like my old ways were better because I know that they're not because that's what Jesus died for. And so when we, when we die at the cross with Jesus and resurrect with Jesus, we are free. That's that, that Red Sea crossing. We are free from the guilt of our past sins and when we're free from the guilt of our past sins we are free from stubbornness and we are free from jealousy and it's important for us to remind ourselves of that and that is where communion is such a big deal communion is proclaiming the death of jesus and that we died with him so whenever you're tempted to feel guilty about or whenever you're tempted to feel jealous just remember 
that you already died to that stuff. It's it's done. And we're all gonna we all have future sins, but Jesus already died for those future sins by saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. So yes, we will make mistakes in the future, but we have already died to those mistakes. So when Satan tries to tempt you to go back, to go backwards, right? To deviate from this path of purposeness, it's important to say, no, I already died to all that crap. I'm free from it by Jesus, by faith. And that's what communion does for us. So when we drink the cup and we eat the bread and we anoint ourselves, we're saying that in my future sins, in my past sins, in these momentary sins, in these present sins, I've already died to all these things. And so I'm going to stay on this side of the Red Sea and I'm going to, and I'm going to walk in the faithful promises that God has for us. And so there's one more layer. There is this thing called the body armor of Christ in Ephesians 6. And so when we put this body armor on, it protects our heart, which is our most valuable organ. And what we're doing is we're protecting our purpose. We're protecting our, our heart's truest desires when we believe in the faithful promises of God. And it all starts with knowing that he's given us eternal life. Because like I said, with divine logic, I know if he's given me the biggest, most important thing in the world, then I know I can trust him for whatever it is. And, and, and health comes right after that right i say i say it goes forgiveness then health okay it goes eternal life forgiveness health so when we trust god for eternal life we can trust him for forgiveness and then we can trust him for health and then we can trust him for prosperity that i believe is scriptural i could be wrong on that i i you know i don't want to be wrong okay but i'm it's in that order in some fashion and health might even be the second one because i know we take the bread of Christ first and then the wine or the whatever I'm talking to myself, but all I'm saying is in some fashion, and it could be different for individuals. I don't know, but I know eternal life is the first one. And once we trust him for that, we can trust him for health. We can trust him for forgiveness. We can trust him for prosperity. We can trust him for all these other things. Okay. And we can trust him for the purpose that he has for us. So when you're believing in his faithful promises, that he will protect you from everything that he has given you eternal life, that, that he has, resurrected the dead that he has healed all sicknesses and disease healed us from all our inequities that really protects our heart and allows us to continue to walk in this promise that he has for us with all of these other promises that he provides for us along the way so just to make it very very clear the red sea for us is eternal life once we cross that threshold we really 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 start to believe him for everything else now, leading up to the Red Sea, God does prompt us with little things to make us believe that there is a resurrection of eternal life. So I'm not saying you have to start with the eternal life, okay? In fact, if you're listening to this, God has probably moved you in many, many, many ways already. But what I'm saying is once we really start to know how good God is and how much we have this eternal life, then all of these other things will be added to us. And it's very beautiful. And it's really going to help you fulfill the will that God has for you. So again, if, if we can remember, okay, communion is just proclaiming the promise. Um, there's baby steps, okay? There's baby steps leading up to the Red Sea, and then, then there was baby steps after the Red Sea, okay? But again, this Red Sea represents eternal life, and God is parting it, parting all of our doubts so that we can walk in this, this beautiful thing. And, and I mean it, you guys. Like, if you believe that you're going to heaven, does it really matter? what's going to happen in this 120 years time. Right. I mean, and again, I'm not saying that makes us 
not do anything. In fact, it inspires us to do a lot. I'm doing a podcast. I do a lot uh, by the grace of God, but I know at the end of the day, like what, what can, what can, what can the world do to me? What can, what can humanity do to me if I know that I have eternal life? And so that just really allows me to walk in a lot of other things. And one of them is for, and forgiveness, right? Like God's forgiven me for everything. What can you say to me? What can you do to me? That's going to take that away from me. You can't, you literally can't. And the Bible talks about this. Like you can, you can mutilate my body, but there's, you can't take away what I believe. And that's very powerful. And I want everyone to have that same belief system because we're going to come up against opposition. We're going to have mountains and there's going to be things that throw us off. And when we believe in that, that root, that, that root of eternal life, that really puts Pharaoh to rest, that jealousy and that stubbornness drowns him. All right. That's podcast 21. The way to overcome stubbornness and jealousy, fear, demand, sin in general is by putting on that body armor of God, protecting, okay, believing in that faithfulness, believing in that, that, that eternal promise, believing in, in, in how good God is. And again, how do you believe? By hearing it. The more you hear it, the more you believe it, the more you believe it, the more you speak it, the more you speak it the more you see it. All right. I love you guys. Be bold. Be blessed.